So my uh, my friends at uh, at Q101 there in Chicago, they uh, man, they, that's a blast from the past. That's like my high school preset right there. <laughs> Still exists, by the way. I know, it's, it's, I know. it's a blast also for the present. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'm just for me in my life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. Um, they they do this bit uh, where the morning show guy is, you know, he's got a new baby, and uh, you know, he puts the two uh, and he picks the picks the, the games. Yeah, the baby picks the kids by crawling towards the the team. Um, and she picked the Bears last night. <laughs> nice. And, <laughs> um, like, <laughs> poor dad was just like, okay, you, you, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the baby, the baby clearly knew something. Good job, baby. Way to go, baby. Way to go. Way to go. Um, that was uh, that was an interesting one last time. My uh, my friend was talking about rumors that the Falcons might be interested in trading for uh, your quarterback there. Go screw. And, uh, <laughs> and I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, the running thing with the way that they already run would be interesting, but I think we actually need a guy who can throw down field. Um, and then by halftime of the game, I was like, all right, we'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> he can throw down – like, I am – I don't want to do much on the Bears here because I could go for uh, the whole podcast, but I, I am pretty convinced that the coaching is a much bigger problem than the quarterback at the moment. It it feels that way to me as well. I, yeah. You know, I don't know. I've seen two, three Bears games this year, or yeah. pieces of two, three Bears games. Well, I'm this sorry year for your loss, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that's that's my take in a in a thirty second bunch sorry for derailing the top of the podcast but yeah things feel good i'll put you on team uh, chase claypool um Uh, there is there is uh (laughs) while we're off track from the things that were assigned for homework i I should just slip my other uh thing i wanted to ask you about in did did, are you caught up with welcome to rexham yes yes i am man they're they're pulling at the heartstrings harder than ever. They really, the last couple episodes have really got me. The the one about the the young lady on the spectrum and and her relationship with the team and with Paul Mullen specifically, and then, oh God, I was I was living and dying and crying with the women's team this week. Oh yeah. Um. Wasn't the one about the um 
Sean's vacation was uh, sandwiched in there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sean's vacation. Uh, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a good one, I thought. It was a great it episode. But it wasn't quite as heartstringy unless you're Sean's wife. I think. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I just, this show is so damn good. And I, when I tell you that I almost was looking through my fingers, terrified that the women's team story was not going to have a happy ending, like they built suspense. And drew me into the characters. And, oh, my God, that poor 17-year-old girl who's their star or one of their stars. And, golly, this show is just excellent documentary filmmaking. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's 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 a really good one. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to it shout it out again. Continues to be. Um, and, and you're right. The fact that I kind of know how the season ends for the men's team. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, and several of the results of games in between has doesn't really right. affect it at all. It's, it's just as compelling television. Think, yeah, so. yeah, no, it's really excellent. Um, it will be interesting, though. I do think because the you know the effects of the documentary on the franchise, you can feel some of that this season. I think are 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 fairly profound, right? <laughs> and, uh, you wonder how. It, well, right. I mean, is it onto itself at some point? You know what I mean? Sure. I think part of that is the documentary, but I think a lot of it is just the effect of of the events that the documentary is covering. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to separate the documentary from the fact that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney bought the team, but like that whole. The the Deadpool of it, if you will, is uh, is certainly something that has changed the entire situation for that sure. club. And it's changing in a very the documentary is changing it in a very real way in, in that it's it's generating a lot of money for this team, which then goes on to the field, right? You know and not I mean? only so, money, but yeah. attention, which then begets more money that's not necessarily tied to the documentary, right? Like it's it's a really good. They knew what they were doing. Sure, it's they, not an accident. Right. This was part of their business plan. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. it's like they're they're coming into these, you know, even as they get promoted, right? They're coming in with these resources that, um, you know, other teams don't have. Like they're basically making the revenue of a championship side, like the, which is the tier just below the very very top of English football, while playing in the in the fourth division. So, right. Uh, but I mean, that's that is the play. Like I think they have. Their intention is to get at least as high as the championship, so uh, that's all part of it. Yeah, no, I think they would definitely like to see Wrexham in the Premier League at some point. And if they, and if same, you know, look, I, I, I think, you know, based on the results of the previous season, I suppose it would be fair to say there's no shortcuts per se. But I think, on the contrary, the there are shortcuts all the way up to the championship. Once you get there, I, I, you're, you're going to have to just be really good on the football side of things to, to win the championship, I think. Um, and it's going to be a dicier proposition. But if they're willing to make this consistent investment and, and they continue to generate the attention they're generating, then I think they can kind of sh- shortcut themselves all the way up into the championship. Yeah, they really are. Uh, I, yeah, I don't want to get too in the weeds. <laughs> anyway, Rexham. welcome to Wrexham. All that technical uh, championship league mumbo jumbo we just found ourselves mired in has nothing to do with the show, and it's really quite excellent. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's weird, correct? Because it's a show and it's a team, and those are so, sort of separate discussions. Um, all right, should we talk about the challenge? 
Because we got we got uh, a, a doozy episode last night. I thought. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, plus, <laughs> I would like to bookend the terrible crap that we watched this week with the two good things. So the challenge is one of them. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> there was some there was some crap. Yeah. Uh, uh, this week for sure, and so and, and I would just say like deeply disappointing crap, but we'll get to that later. So we we kind of laid out. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like the show sort of laid it out for us. Now we've been wondering about what's going on, where where exactly we are. We yeah, are we now we are. one episode. You know, after this, we are now one episode away from the final. One double elimination away. Double elimination away, yes. So. And and we still don't know if it'll be a one or two week final, but you know, we'll see. So you know this he didn't get a ton of screen time, but I felt like huge episode for Chris. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like like good on him to beat those guys. Winning is his only shot. Like he's essentially back in the same situation next week, right? Like, yeah, I, I think we should be clear. Winning is not kind of his only shot. Winning is literally his only shot, as elucidated for us when Fessy, in a moment with Corey, was like, "What if we win next week? Are we not going to nominate Chris? Right. <laughs> like, what can he do?" And like Fessy, the. I don't think he's even trying to be a dick about it, but it's like, it's not like if Chris does the nice enough thing now or plays the right political game now, they're going to throw somebody else under the bus instead, given the option. There just, um, just isn't another option, right? No. Like, who would they even, they'd have to turn on one of themselves, although it's, the, you know, the 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 trailer for next week did sort of imply yeah, so that that's, may happen. So here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> the trailer said... Like something about like a shocking backstab. Yeah. So I'm pre- I I have a th- I believe I know what that backstab is. Oh, you do. Yeah. Do you want to go on the record with said prediction? I believe it's going to be Josh throwing in bananas. I think Josh is going to win, and talk himself into the whole well b- bananas in a final. I don't want to face bananas in a final thing. You had me all the way up until I believe Josh is going to win. Um, the weekly, not the not the show. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> well, and also, but that like, was the first thing that came to my mind too. Was Josh Josh green bananas? Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> but I man, that seems unlikely. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, I, that's that's what I think is happening. Um, and that must mean that Chris does win, right? Like that's what I'm thinking, right? Or, no, that's, I'm saying Josh weird. wins. Oh, wait, you think Josh wins? That's correct. Okay. I'm saying Josh wins, and instead of throwing in Chris like any sane person would do, he talks himself into fearing bananas in the final and throws bananas in instead. Mm. And I'm basing this largely on the fact that Josh is crying in the preview in a way that Josh often cries when he does something aggressively stupid <laughs> but there's so many aggressively stupid things that josh can do i mean it's it's a cry we've seen many times before yeah i love that we we the man cries enough that we can delineate the different ways in which he cries yeah he's, he's got uh different cry different, different cries for different situations <laughs> so like i don't even there's not even really much of a point in going to chris make the right choice you no. know what i mean because I think, as Chris pointed out pretty well, like they're 
lots of people who said his name lots of times, right? Like he, he had many options from which to choose from and into which uh, he could make people feel discomfort, right? Yeah, really- not only that, but like I, I was a little surprised he passed on the chance to stick it to Fessy, but I think he probably also realized it's a girl's day and, you know, it's not that important. Fessy's not going to go in anyway, so we'll just throw Josh under the bus because it's easy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you jo- enjoy Michelle's comeuppance? I guess would be the next uh, the next thing to ask. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, like Michaela, once again, I can't say she's bad at the game because she pulled off a couple of tricks this week. Um. Very, very clever to convince Bananas, who was sort of ringleading the vets, that there were only seven pieces, and it worked. She got them. They would have won the challenge. The day convince, the convince is a, a nice... <laughs> yeah, she just <laughs> lied to his face. Yeah. She just straight up lied to him, which is fine. Not, right, not she's, a, she's a merciless liar. She lies constantly. Yeah. She lied all episode long because the other trick she pulled is convincing everyone somehow, which is hilarious because the whole thing is like, Michelle's such a mess, she can't pull off any strategy. But somehow, while saying that, Michaela convinced everyone that it was Michelle's big idea to orchestrate throwing Tori in when Michelle didn't even vote for Tori. Right, right. It was an incredible collection of lies, but also delivered in a way that made me want to smash my TV when her face was on it. Like... (laughs) God, like <laughs> not just an incredible collection of lies. It was also an incredible collection of burns. Burns, like she and was, she was she was just firing off burns uh, at Michelle and just <laughs> gaslighting the shit out of her. Just yeah. just gaslighting her to all hell. And oh, and she and to say like I've been waiting all season for things to turn on the veterans, but they did. You're such a liar. Well, You've that, had that, countless opportunities true. to handle she, these things, and all you do is talk, and then be blessed oh my god when someone is having a fight and says be blessed i just want to smack them in their face <laughs> like it's the worst what kind about, of person the what, worst kind of person what about your cheeks are quite pink yeah <laughs> all that all of it like the whole thing was just like you are a What's detestable you don't look stable <laughs> oh my god a detestable human being detestable oh. I, so I, I gotta say, like I, you know, I I have not been the biggest Michaela fan, um, but I was I was I feel totally differently about this episode. I I uh, was just I was just impressed. I was just, I just I enjoyed it all. Like, I'm not not impressed. To be clear, yeah, I'm not not impressed. I am okay. impressed. I'm just annoyed. She bothers <laughs> me. It's, uh, like I said, it's like if Amanda I'm, was good at the game. <laughs> There's a Maybe. grudging respect, but like yuck. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I didn't mind it so much. I didn't mind it so much, and generally the way that she plays does bother me. The favorite, my favorite part of that scene though was uh, Corey standing outside the door, and then they cut to his ITM, and he was like, "It's another movie night." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is a lovely insight into, into the way that Corey has played this game, right? Like, I'm yeah. just going to sit back and watch and uh, enjoy the drama as it works to my benefit. Um, so I'm guessing you had your Burns of the Week contained in that 
um, Michaela diatribe, but I have a couple other nominations. Uh. I I had I had those, but I I gotta give a shout out uh, to John Dominguez going. Uh, you just figured it out that there yeah. were five of those. You like, can't count. Can't, can't count. That, that was, was one of mine. Yeah. Uh, the other one was a classic. Uh, the challenge producer assisted self burn, and I don't know that this counts as a burn, but it was an incredible moment. When they're doing the daily challenge and Fessy's killing everybody and they go to his ITM and he goes, look, man, I, I'm, I'm fast, I'm strong, and I got pretty good endurance. And then they cut back to him puking everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, I wouldn't even say that's a self burner. That is a straight producer burner. Yeah, right? maybe it is. Maybe you're right. But uh, it was Fessy hoisting himself on his own petard, I guess, once again. Yeah. Uh, which, again, to his credit, he has only really done on camera and not in the game this season. So he continues to thrive. He is in his element right now. Um, I, I, I did want to ask you about the uh, the choice that, that Desi – I mean, I guess – Chris was there too and may have preferred to throw Michelle in. But if you're Desi there, do you consider throwing in Tori? Because, like, I don't know that not throwing in Tori is getting you anywhere right now. And Michaela is on the board to, to go against her. So my I might have gone to Michaela before the eliminate you know before choosing. What do you mean Michaela's Michaela? You mean Michaela's someone that could potentially be voted in by the house? Exactly. And I would have kind of at least given a shot to using Michaela's great verbal game against her and being like, "Hey, you know, I know you want to get Tori out." before the final you keep talking about it like seems like you're primed to do that and if you're ready to go in i'll throw tori in right now i just don't i don't think any of that stuff is desi like i i yeah i legitimately bought um that she felt bad yeah that she she yeah she's like i'm playing this game a little out of pocket right now i don't like where i'm at and that i'm going to try to use this vote and you know and keeping tori out of it as and, a way yeah. to show that uh, that I that I was wrong and I'm sorry, you know what I mean. And I, uh-huh. I think that was probably her best move. Like I'm taking that at face value. I don't, you know, with knowing that she's tied with Michaela, right? You know what I mean. Like I just don't see her. I mean, Michaela did it to her though. Is my point, right? Yeah. So yeah. I would have at least had that conversation, but you, I think you're probably right that she played it as straight as she could. And I will say, respect to her for not running from a, a final against Tori. Like, she's the first person that we have heard say the words, yeah, maybe Tori will beat me in a final, but, like, I'm down to give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. She's competitor, man. She the, is. The uh, the, the beauty contest photos. I think we'd see those once before, right? They pushed, pushed those out at some point last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they do belie an inner, like, steely competitiveness from her that I, I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that's oh. true. Um, I I very much enjoyed Josh realizing and then nearly failing and 
he was like, I thought two people really had quotes that defined their um, challenge personas this week. One was Josh saying, all I got to do is stay calm. And then immediately yeah. <laughs> melting down. Um, I have a feeling that that was, there were some, uh, you know, who knows when he said those actual comments, right, right, you know, right. uh, I have a feeling he said them after whatever we, after the rest of the house felt like they needed to calm him down. <laughs> yeah, probably, but but still hilarious. And then I very much enjoyed during the elimination uh, in Michelle's ITM. She said, "I can't seem to figure out the strategy," which I thought really. Uh, she was like, "I, I, I feel like I'm a, I can compete with Cassidy, but I can't seem to figure out the strategy of this elimination." It's like that could be your theme song. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, another really well designed elimination. I thought like the another great one, man. The explosions uh, were way too big and loud, and I'm totally here for it. Yes, <laughs> like, I'm glad yeah, <laughs> excellent stuff. It looked great. It was cool, and I did think I actually thought that uh, in the beginning where I was like, you, they spent a long time, right, like fighting over that sort of first, um, yeah. Yep. Marker. Yep. And I was like, I have a feeling that somebody may be spending way too much energy right. in the beginning of this, and they're going to gas out. And it turned out that that was Michelle. Well, and I think, once again, Cassidy has proven that she is much stronger than everyone thinks in the, in this game, and just physically. And I wrote before it started, and, and I maintain after I watched the elimination, like, Michelle was saying that she wanted Cassidy because that was her best shot to win, but I think Chanel was a better shot for her to win. Mm. Like Maybe. if I if I was her, I would have been asking for Chanel because con- uh, consistently, because we've seen Cassidy do it, and we haven't seen Chanel do it. Exactly, yeah. all all season long, Chanel has talked like an expert and done absolutely nothing and I do Cassidy, think I would have liked I, I do think I would have liked Chanel over Michelle in this particular game well I think I would have liked anyone over Michelle in <laughs> yeah, any game right. but right. anyone left it nice this game you're right that yeah but the question if the question is like what's her best shot to win broadly across all games uh, you know I would have been gunning for Chanel if I was her because I have seen enough from Cassidy to believe that like she's a competitor man she really is. She keeps coming down there, and she doesn't pout about it, and she gets well, she the job done. She does pout a little bit. She does standard complaining, but she doesn't <laughs> go in a hole. You but know full I mean? credit. Full credit to her, right. She's getting the job done. She keeps coming back. She's still in the game. Yeah. This is uh, – By the way right? – like She's coming up on that uh, on that Sarah level of elimination performance, right? Like, totally. And, and by the way, uh, another – one thing we didn't mention when we were talking about how good this elimination was, like, it started raining again. The season has really cooperated with the dramatics. Yeah. By the way, dominant, right? Like, she got five out of, what was it, killed five her. to one, something like that? Yeah, killed her. All right, so, I look, maybe I'm playing armchair quarterback here, because uh, obviously I've never even attempted to do this. But it seems like you could really let the other player do a lot of your work, yeah. right? I think that's what Cassidy did, basically. Yeah, by, like, not fighting them until you get right close to your thing. And if you push really hard, you can really just push right past their thing to the next thing, right? And then, I don't know. 
seemed, seemed, seemed like there was a winning strategy in there somewhere, and obviously, as Michelle admitted, she didn't that close <laughs> Exactly. To she couldn't figure it out. That's classic Michelle. <laughs> so, oh, well. Yet you get far in this game of relationships, but it's hard to get I all. I can't the seem to figure out the strategy. It's it, really it's her it's her tagline. Yeah, and you know, and jo- I think Josh, in a lot of ways, is sort of the female or the male Michelle in this. A little bit. You know what I mean? Like he's getting a lot in this game on relationships, and at some point, you you have to go down there and do it. I think I honestly, I think Josh knows that. Actually. Yes. Well, he's <laughs> has said he has said as much. I I yeah. don't think I totally realized how much he was sliding by until Chris pointed it out when they were deliberating yeah. like he hasn't won anything he hasn't lost anything he hasn't been in an elimination like he has played the background as much as he can he and fessy this season have remained remarkably out of the fray well and that's, that's the thing that they have in in common with michelle right is that they are they are essentially two show people in this game right they they could they could ride with big brother or they could or in michelle's case survivor or they could ride with the vets and in yeah. a lot of cases, I think they were riding with both. You know, what it, I mean? it was a pretty clear advantage for for them as well as for Michelle. Um, and I think maybe you know it's probably that much more credit to Tori and Bananas and Corey for hanging on without that sort of second show link. Yeah. Also, doesn't really speak well for uh, for Polly. No. <laughs> Got eliminated very early. It could have enjoyed the same advantage. Yeah. Um, so, oh well. He was clearly in a weird place, but uh, also seemed to be like growing as a person, and and we're all happy for him. Yeah, yeah, that's more important than. than uh, a couple of side things before we move on from the challenge. Um, did TJ get a Carhartt sponsorship? <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> he was I, wearing I, like Carhartt hat, jacket, and pants, all, <laughs> all with visible Carhartt tags. It's that's quite possible, right? Because if they if they don't want you to see the logo, that you will not. Right? That's exactly you know I mean? right. I definitely see them blur. You know, not on TJ so much, but um. well, I'm sure TJ is often like you know pulling from wardrobe. But uh, it seemed like he pulled all Carhartt stuff from wardrobe. So I was just wondering, you know, do we think TJ is uh, getting a Carhartt sponsorship? It seems like a good fit. I saw um, Nani and KC doing uh, Under Armour spawn con on, on their By social. the way, shout out to Nani and KC, uh, the the newest uh, engaged, what do you call that? I almost Couple? said newlyweds, but they're not newlyweds. They're, no, they're... they're whatever you are when you're engaged. Congrats to them. Uh, they deserve it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, TJ's Carhartt sponsorship. Um and then my last question, I don't know if you – sometimes when I'm watching these challenges, I'm taking notes when it goes to commercial and I catch whatever show promo is like the first commercial. Okay. Do we need to watch House of Villains? Uh, no. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a no for me, dog. Okay. All right. Have you seen the preview? I have, yes. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people I'm not interested in there, but it does seem like Johnny Bananas is really uh, doing his thing. If you want to watch it and report back, uh, let me know. But I'm I'm going to pass. Yeah, no, I I kind of only wanted to rope you into it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> but they know they know their target audience because my I did raise my eyebrows when that preview played. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
Johnny Bananas. What are, what are we doing? Here? Come on. I mean, Johnny Bananas. Yeah, uh, he's almost enough to get me to watch a show on E. I guess is the moral of this story. Yeah, that's the other thing. If, almost. If if it was MTV, maybe, but E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's talk about Heist '88. <laughs> okay. So um. This was such an unenjoyable movie watching experience that I felt the need to go digging a little bit into the actual story. Oh, you did because. Exact opposite. Well, I understand that because, again, truly like a this movie, I don't know how it could have been more dead on arrival. Just a listless. Just just I don't understand how you take the, the components, which and this is why I looked into it. I don't understand how you take the components of some really delightful acting. Or at least ability. Um, a, a really pretty fascinating true life story and make a movie that like just could not be more boring and uninteresting. And part of it is definitely that you strayed from the real story in order to do some sort of weird moralistic ending thing that I don't like if that if that ending was how the only excuse for ending the film the way the film ends is if that was how it really happened and it's not that's not how it really happened no in fact they they almost entirely succeeded in this heist but they did not leave town so they got caught because they started buying jaguars uh. <laughs> and like I would have much rather watched a movie that ended with a successful heist and had a postscript of, or ended with them like they could have got away if they just hadn't bought a Jaguar a week later. You know what I mean? Like I, guess, I don't. I, the movie was so leaden and and uninteresting that I think by the time that they got to the heist, I, I had stopped caring as to whether or not they pulled it off. Yeah, you know I mean that's fair, but but again, like I like. Maybe the the point is less they could have turned it around in the last 10 minutes and more there are a litany of totally mysteriously bad choices made by the filmmakers here and it's it's a really bad script too it just I, I so when my wife I I my wife was like yeah I that does sound kind of interesting but like you should just watch it yourself cuz uh, there's other things we're watching together and I told her afterwards, like, you made the right choice. She was like, oh, well, why? And I was, the, what I said was, this movie needed six months of script development and a better director. Because, like, yeah. the act, the actors are all good. You know, they don't have much to work with. Cause the, the performances script, are, I don't know that I would say the performances are good. The actors no, are good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. The performances are blah because there's no material. It's one of the worst scripts I've ever seen on screen. Just a nothing, an absolute nothing of a script. And there's so much they could have dug into in this story, but instead made it like the tritest, you know, it's good to want to help black people, but not like this story. Yeah. 
that like just, there's, so, there's just so much cliche. One so last bad. job, you know, right. blah 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 blah. They employed every like mediocre cliche and no real development of character or anything. And I just don't I don't understand like I I, le- I legitimately feel like if you had just taken an extra year and hired a better director, there was a good movie to be made here. And I don't understand why this sort of thing would happen. It's it, I, I found it frustrating. So, like, I, you know, I think there are so many ways they could have told this story. Um, one being a documentary because the guy it's based on is out of jail and excited to talk about himself. Now, it would have been an interesting documentary from the standpoint of, like, what is to be believed from this obvious con artist. But... That would have been more interesting than this. A more true-to-life version of the story would have been more interesting than this. A non-true-to-life version of the story that was well-written would have been better than this. And it just frustrates me that actors I enjoy with, with what could have been a good story got turned into this. Yeah. I mean, I know we just struck over AI and a lot of other things, but this, this actually did feel like a script that could have been written by AI. That is, that's, that's the perfect way to say it. This was, this was a script. This was a movie that could have been made entirely by AI because you're not employing the greatness of Courtney Vance. This, that could have been AI Courtney Vance. It could have been AI Keith David. None of the actors I enjoy in this film got to do anything worth seeing. And I almost feel like that's – you could show this to people as an example of why AI should not make film. Yeah. Even though it apparently was uh, created by humans. No Ponderosa Steakhouse gift certificate for you, High CDA. Even um, that, like, could you have picked a more cliched – I don't know, the whole thing, man. <laughs> just, just every single choice that was made seems to have been made wrong. Yeah, not great. Um, Henry Sugar. Speaking of choices, and I might be more angry about this. <laughs> All right, hit me. So we obviously we watched a Wes Anderson film a, a few shows ago, and we're kind of uh, wondering about uh, diminishing returns in in its general Andersonness. This is another Wes Anderson film, uh, different certainly, but still pretty Wes Andersony. Uh, he managed, it sounds like it may have gotten you going a little. He managed to make it worse. <laughs> like, the only way I think you could have made... the and, and I'm not... Again, when we talked about Asteroid City, it's not that it was so terrible of a film. It's just that it was so desperately obsessed with itself and its Wes Anderson-ness that it sort of forgot to have a meaningful movie behind it. The only way I think you could have made the, you know, bizarre uh, staging and conversational style of Wes Anderson movies worse is by having people serve as the narrator of the story in addition to delivering their own lines and say them so fast and so emotionlessly that you could barely follow what they were talking about and then make all the sets movable objects on screen yeah he like somehow found a way to further obfuscate 
what's an interesting short story with more Wes Anderson bullshit. And I've honestly had it. <laughs> like, you know there are three more of these, and they're all yeah. only like 15 minutes long? Yeah, I'm not I'm not as angry um, about it as you are, I think. <laughs> but I also don't, I don't necessarily disagree with anything that you just said. Like, the choice to have these characters also sort of be the narrator, it's just so halting. And it makes it so much harder to follow, so much harder to follow than it, like, needed to be. And, like, um, beyond the fact that it sucks to watch, you're asking them to not do their job. Yeah. The whole it's, job of acting is to convey the subtext. Right. It's very, it's telling me a lot when it needs to be showing me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, deliberately. I, not Not because, like, it didn't execute the showing well enough, but because... It was like, nah, why would I bother with having actors act when I can just do my cute set pieces and have them read what they're supposed to be emoting? Right, and they're just reading, obviously reading the short story pretty much verbatim. Yeah, and um, maybe there would have been an interesting way to do that with a, a, a narrator and still letting people act and not having it be like talking faster than the fucking Gilmore Girls, man. It sucked. It sucked to watch. And, and... You know, credit to him for his incredible ability with dioramas, but like, what are we doing? Yeah, and credit to every credit to all the actors involved for learning those lines at that base. <laughs> yeah, although they might have just been reading them off of cue cards because maybe. I don't even know how you talk that fast if you're not reading off a of cue card. Like the whole thing. <laughs> yet again, for the second straight time, like every choice you made sucked. Why? I just, I don't understand it. And if you have any love for the Roald Dahl stories, like, why is this the way you'd want to tell them? If people wanted to read the story, they could just read the story. Could they not? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't know why you just, like, I understand you want to do something faithful, but I think you could do that without, like, literally just taking the story line by line. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, well. There had to be another way to go about this. There had to be. There had to be, and it just feels so self-important. It feels like taking the concept of like, well, they hired Wes Anderson, so I guess I should do the Wes Anderson thing to to a completely absurd level. Yeah, and there's almost a little bit of like, uh, well, we have all these famous people, so who cares what we do with them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why ask you're Benedict? Getting Cumberbatch, uh, why ask him to act? Cumberbatch, and you're getting Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see that guy act. They just want to see his face. <laughs> what? It's weird. And like I said, it is a pretty interesting, thoughtful story. Yes. Say, right? So it's like. Roald Dahl is truly. It's why I was so annoyed that you canceled him on me last week. Like, he's one of the great short story writers of all time. And I'm a lover of the short story. Like, Dahl and Hemingway are two sides of the, you know, peak of short story writing. And this is what I get. I, I, and in fairness, Dahl, I didn't cancel Dahl. Dahl did, Dahl did it himself. Yeah, no, I know. Ernest Hemingway, uh, for that uh, matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised we haven't canceled Ernest Hemingway yet. Um, uh, I know I know you were making a, a dark joke there, but uh, yeah. I, I would bet he had some uh, opinions that were just as bad as Roald Dahl's. But that's beside the point. He's not even involved in this, and now we're dragging Ernest Hemingway through the mud because of how bad this Wes Anderson nonsense was. <laughs> All right, so I I suppose that means that you liked Gen V, right? 
I did not like Gen V. I loved Gen V. And okay. in retrospect, I think it is a pretty obvious shooting fish in a barrel situation with me. Uh, because they took one of my favorite shows on TV and mushed Gossip Girl into it. (laughs) (laughs) So this show has everything I like in television. It's action. It's comedy. It's hilariously disgusting, explosive blood stuff and Gossip Girl. It's it's wild to me that they're like, let's take the boys and make it like hornier. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they, they, which is they somehow did. Um, they definitely did. It's hornier. It's more, or at least equally like gross. Um, but it's so funny, and it's also I'm deeply invested in these characters already. In three, I actually watched the fourth this morning. But in in within two episodes, I was obsessed with with Lil Cricket, and like Marie, the main character, is compelling and. The whole social hierarchy is like peak Gossip Girl level stuff. I'm I'm thrilled with this show. Mm. I am enjoying this show. I I still feel like I want to see a little bit more about where it's going with these characters and what it wants to say with them before I put my final judgment into it because I think as much as I'm enjoying it now, the stuff that I'm enjoying is really stuff that that just comes straight from the boys, right? It's the same sensibilities. Well, and, yeah, I mean, it is very um, much, you know, the, from the boys' universe uh, as a sentence is doing a lot of work here because it really is just the boys with different main characters. Um, yeah. But I do think, like, this world, broadly speaking, is incredibly incisive from a cultural satire standpoint and and i don't think gen v falls short in those aspects yeah sure i i don't think so either i i i you know i was talking to someone about whether this is better than the boys or not and they brought up how like you know the people the the your main characters in this are a little easier to root for right yeah um because they seem to be generally good people who you know maybe had some bad stuff happen to them and Mm -hmm. you know but I also think that over time, you know what I mean? I think having powers, the kind of powers that uh, uh, the people in the seven have tends to make you like the people in the seven. You know what I mean? Well, um, and I think that's probably part of the story we're about to see, right? right. I, I would expect one or two of the seemingly, I don't know if innocence the right word, but like seemingly decent people that we're watching as late teens, early twenties people end up like the deep or, you know, so, uh, maybe not Homelander, but, but somebody else who is a little bit more morally compromised. And, you know, if these characters end up graduating into the boys, that would make me happy because I think they'd be good additions to the universe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so far so great, really. And the fourth episode uh, brings in what I would say is sort of a new main character um, into the group that I am excited about. All right, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the woods and, and all of that as we, we go. Right, I like that, and there's they do also continue to come up with interesting new powers and like shocking new ways that they have to be used 
just just generally i think the creative team behind the boys universe is just wildly creative and and clever and and it i think it makes for great tv yeah yeah they know, they know what they're doing uh for sure and it's impressive i think that they can uh turn out another show um that clearly has so much of the dna but is is also a completely new story you know yeah and and like if there's anything that amazon as a streaming service needs it's the ability to crank out some more content true story as compelling as the boys yeah and and by the way like coming up with creative new superhero powers is not that easy most of the superhero powers we've thought of have been done to death right so like Granted, they're working in some new territory with the the fact that they uh, can can have the shrinking woman also be puking her guts out. But uh, I do think they do a really good job of finding new territory in an area that's been mined pretty heavily. Yeah, extremely heavily. Yeah, <laughs> over the years. So. Yeah, uh, and they really there's no one that has almost like a, just a really obvious traditional power. You know what I mean? No, like, it'd probably be weird if they were like, hey, that that guy over there is like a spider and he climbs walls and shoots right. webs. You know right. what I mean? Right. And so. there's always almost all of them like there is a catch, right? Like very almost nobody comes out of this clean in terms of like my power is great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What is the the deceitful girl as an actress? What's her power exactly? It's a good question. I'm not sure we have specifically seen it. Yeah. I wonder when that's going to be revealed. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Lot to look forward to. Gen V. If you like the boys, I it's hard for me to imagine you wouldn't like Gen V. If yeah, you like well, the boys and you like Gossip Girl, this show is for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's certainly it's certainly quite bingeable. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Did they put so you said they put up one episode? Are they going one a week? Or are they going to be doing drop dropping them in bunches? I think it's one because the they only put up one this week. All right. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe wait if you want a straight up binge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is extremely bingeable. Like you and and they're very good at the end of episode cliffhanger. So you almost always want to press play on the next one. All right. So. Um, we are going to do a short show next week because I'm going to be out of town. Um, so uh, your homework for this week is just going to be the challenge. Correct. Uh, we'll challenge only and uh, cover the uh, – maybe penultimate is not the word because it might be a two-part finale, but the last episode before the final. Yep. Um, so we're going to cover that. And then uh, your homework for the following Friday. So you got two weeks. Uh, to get to all this. Oh, are we are we gonna lock that in right now? You do want to lock that in right now, or do, I guess we can just do that next show. You're right. So yeah, we just wait. I mean, if Let's people want to start on. working ahead, if this is like we give you the whole curriculum. Um, I, you know what? I think I think this most of the stuff doesn't even come out till the following week anyway. So yeah, I mean, most of it comes out like through. Thursday. So yeah, you're not so. losing a lot of time. All right, so we'll save that for next time and, and give you a no homework week. How about that? Just watch the challenge and, and be back here on, on Friday. That's not really homework, right? I mean, it's so much fun. Who would consider watching the challenge homework? Whereas <laughs> Heist 88 and and Wes Anderson's nonsense were definitely homework this week. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Thank God the Wes Anderson was short. Oh, thank God. All right. Uh, have fun. Have a great vacation. Thank you very much, man. Looking forward to it. 
Okay, bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.